in a world filled with podcasts. There's only one podcast that forced Kevin Smith to admit it's the only dude, podcast. Dude, 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 what, what the fuck hey, are you doing? Man, man I'm trying to... I'm trying to record a bit here. It was funny. I was trying to record a bit. You, you ruined it. You ruined it. What What are we even doing? And welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, <laughs> your favorite podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony, and I'm Matt, and uh, we are excited to be back. We are. We've had a little bit of time off. You know, we recorded an episode. We're really excited and gung ho again, and then uh, life just hit us hard. Yeah, man, so, the summer life is starting to kick in, man. It's just you know, lots of weekends, and all you want to do is just go out and drink on the fucking beaches in Asbury. And, yeah, and then you know, and then you get drunk, and then you forget about things. Yeah, and because you know, you do your music thing, and you've got your exactly. trivia thing, and <laughs> yeah, I'm a little busy. Yeah, like it's like every night you're doing something different, <laughs> and I can't even keep up with you. You're so like cool and popular. Like, I can't even do this. That's right. What's heard, going on here? You heard it here first. Cool and popular. Uh-oh. That's I, I, right. See, I validated Matt for him. He didn't even have to do it himself this time. That's right. <laughs> well, we've got a fun show for you tonight. We're going to start with uh, going in a little bit of a different direction, but very much the same direction with oh, yeah. you guys. We've got oh, yeah. a lot we want to talk about at the E3 convention that just happened. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we don't usually talk a lot about games because, you know, we're not big. We're not, we're not what, we would, what you would call gamers. But we definitely have our games that, like, when they come out and we want to play them, like, we are in. We are 100% in. And E3 had no less than four games that fell into this category. So we're going to be really busy playing games come the end of this year and early next year because these four games look fucking unreal. This is just a small sliver of what came out at E3. So we're going to talk about the Cyberpunk game, the new DBZ game, the new Avengers game, and the new Star Wars game. And... Wow, just four gigantic boners all around. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. You know, when it, when it comes to video games, I'm less of a gamer, more of a dabbler, right? Where yeah. where I've I've played a bunch of games. I I played about I want to say 30 hours of Witcher 3. I I played about 100 hours of uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Um and I've I've just now gotten through about 8 hours of uh Persona 5, which was, it's kind of a letdown because I feel like I've played about eight hours of that game and like, I feel like I'm just getting started, which, yeah. you know, I was really disappointed and it, it caused me to kind of put down the game regardless of how good the storyline is. And see, I'm kind of like on the opposite end of that spectrum when it comes with me with games. There are certain games that I will play all of them until I can't do anything else in the game. Like, pretty much every single Dragon Ball Z game, I'm already on my fourth replaying of the Spider-Man game for PS4. Yep. I played all the Arkham games, you know, like the Deadpool game a few years back. But then there are other games like, you know, I, I've never played a single or I've never owned a single Call of Duty game, never yeah. owned a single Halo game. No. All the games that, like, gamers really into, I couldn't give two shits about. Yeah, I'm not a League of Legends guy. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the, the different fighting games, which I used used to really be into Tekken, uh, but it's kind of fallen off, and I haven't played Street Fighter or anything like that in a long yeah. time. You know, again, it goes with, you know, our lives, we just don't really have a lot of time to play video games anymore, and it's really disappointing, because yeah. 
you know, getting a chance to see some of these trailers come out of E3 has really gotten me excited and really makes me want to, like, dive in and, and really spend some hours playing some games. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, well, these games are going to get a lot of play. So let's let's start with the one. I'm going to I'm gonna go – we'll go kind of like in ranking order. And, you know, I'm going to start from the bottom. And you might be surprised to hear me rank this game at the bottom, but I'm going to based on the initial trailer. So the Avengers game yes. trailer footage yeah. that came out. Let's just start with the obvious. Why do – what, what's going? Why do the characters look like retarded stunt doubles? Like I, I don't understand. Right, and like, why is it based off of the movie? Is it supposed to be a continuation of the movie? I think is that's just not? a ploy to cash in on the on you the know, popularity. Yeah, because the they've done the same thing with a lot. Of, a lot of the the most recent animated series uh, that came out for Avengers. Yeah. Um, has been solely squarely based on the MCU version of the Avengers, and it's been great. It's not a bad thing, but like, let's just get the obvious out of the way. Thor's. Like, his body looks fine. His head looks like it was beaten with a cast iron skillet. <laughs> Black Widow's jawline is about seven inches too wide. And Captain yeah. America is wearing, like, people are calling it a dad bod, but it's not even a dad bod. He's wearing, like, this unnecessary bulky armor and i just it, it doesn't make any sense to me it i don't and it doesn't look good it's not true to the characters in the movies yeah. or in the comic books yeah and you know i thought you know we were talking before the show i, I thought this was going to be the new like ultimate alliance game right because i had heard that they were going to make a new one and i played the the heck out of the first two yeah um in fact the first one i think i be, I beat like three or four times. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, I played them And it was times. great because they were couch co-op games, which you don't have a lot of anymore, yep. where you, you have that element where you can sit with a friend and just hang out and play a video game together, which was really cool. And right? the second instead, one was even... Of having to play against each other. And the second one was even better because you could play two completely different storylines because it went off the Civil War. Right. So you could play one storyline where you take the, the Iron Man side right. and an entirely different game where you take the Cap side. And right. both are incredible. Yeah. Arguably, um, not as good because it had less characters, but yeah. it had better graphics and better gameplay. Yeah. So, you know, that was like the only letdown. But, like, they have all the alternate costumes yep. and everything like that, and it really made it a, a lot of fun. So, you could play, like, the versions of your characters that you really enjoyed. Right. Like, they had a Wolverine in his brown and yellow costume, so right? Awesome. Which was awesome. They also had him in a version where he was just in his street clothes. Also cool. Yeah. They had a version of the Hulk where he was World War Hulk, or you could play him as Mr. Fix-It. Yup. Right? As, as well as, like, the Savage Hulk. Right? So there was, like, a lot of different ways that you could go about it and, and kind of, like, play the different characters and the different versions of those characters that you wanted, especially with Spider-Man. Right. You know, they had the Scarlet Spider. They had the black costume. They had the regular Spider-Man costume. Yep. And then they even had the Bagman costume, which yeah, was really so cool. Great. You know? So, so like... Seeing this game, and it looks literally just like they took the characters out of the movie universe, and it, the graphics don't even look that great. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, let, let, let's just get the obvious out of the way on this one. This one, I think, it hasn't been, you know, called a rumor, if you will. This one certainly seems to me the most rushed in terms of getting the footage out there for E3. Yeah. Because if you remember back to a couple years ago when the first Spider-Man uh, PS4 game footage dropped at E3, a lot of people were having the same reaction, like, oh, it doesn't look very good, and so on and so forth. And then you get to the final product, and it's it's a, a near flawless game. So I think yep. this one is probably, compared to the other three we're going to talk about, this one feels like it's at, at, at its 
earliest stages of Inception. I think the final product will be a lot better. And not for nothing, the few snippets we got of actual gameplay footage looked pretty solid. Like, the gameplay footage looks solid. What I'm worried about on this one is... There's a lot of online multiplayer things talking about this. Yeah, and, like, I don't want it to be like that. I just want to be able to sit through. What they need to do is, like, just give us a game in the same style as the Spider-Man game, the single-player thing where you've yeah, got all the side world. missions and the stories, open world, and each character, whether you're playing as Hulk or Captain America or whoever, each character has got their own separate abilities and powers and side missions and stories, like, different parts, and just play through it that way. Like, that's the way to make this game. And I think that's what they're going to do. But who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I'm still up in the air. The gameplay looks okay. Like, unless... And I'm worried about the character selection because it seems like you're pigeonholed held into, you know, just choosing the characters that were in the movie. Yeah. Right? Which, yeah, of course, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, right? I mean, it even looked like Rescue was in there yeah. with some of the gameplay footage. You know, the Hulk is in there, Black Widow. You know, a lot of the cool movie characters. But at the same time... There's not a lot of the other characters that you would want to play as. Exactly. Right? So it's it's like uh you know, it's it, it's still like I'm I'm still up in the air about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna re we'll reserve full judgment until we see a more official trailer when the game is closer to being done. Because I think I think this one still has a way to go on the development side, especially if they are going to be doing this online multiplayer thing. They probably got a lot to work out still. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we'll we'll have to wait and see for for additional footage and, yeah. and where that's going to go. But moving up the list uh, is. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z this? game. Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I have, sorry, I, I have sloppy handwriting. I can't read your handwriting. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, so uh, moving up the list, uh, going to the next one that we thought was really awesome and that we're really excited for is the new Dragon Ball Project Z or Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yep. Um, we're both huge Dragon Ball Z fans. Uh, we have been since we were kids. This looks like a really cool RPG where you're working your way through the story. And uh, back when I was a kid, I had an emulator and I played a Japanese game that was a Dragon Ball Z RPG, you know, kind of like this, but you played as all the characters. This one seems like you're just playing as Kakarot and you're just going through uh, his perspective on the Dragon Ball Z story, but the graphics look amazing. Yeah. The voice acting is awesome. It's all of the characters from the cartoon show and, and the action looks incredible. The gameplay looks awesome and it's just, it's just an RPG game where you're going through the Dragon Ball Z story. Yeah. I, I really like that. And after coming off the back of Xenoverse and and uh, Fighter Z and and the ones that I wasn't really the biggest fans of, you know, this looks actually like a pretty cool game to play. And I'm really interested to see how the RPG element works into it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, Fighter Z was garbage. Like, that was the most yeah, overrated really game. Really disappointing, too. Yeah. That, that was a game clearly just made for people that like the, com that like the competitive element of fighting games. Because every character was just super repetitive with their moves, and it was the side-scroller 2D. Like, the graphics were amazing, but the character, uh, the, pl the playable character list was weak by, yeah, in comparison. Just to say best, yeah. you know? Like, so I think... I think and I, everything was based off of the fireball motion. Yeah, exactly. Like, all exactly. of the moves. It's like, oh, how do I play as this character? It was all Hadoukens. Oh, just do yeah. a fireball just motion. Do Hadoukens. There it is. There's or reverse the Hadouken. Yeah. Yeah, reverse fireball, the fireball. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. So I think the Kakarot game looks really cool, and I agree. And there's this open world element to it uh, as well and it, it it looks fantastic 
and the the fighting elements is like a mix of an RPG, but also the classic Dragon Ball Z fighting elements. The only thing I'm worried about this game is like, yeah, as cool as it is to play through the story and playing through the story of Dragon Ball will never get old because it's no. such a great story. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is that I think it will get not necessarily boring, but I think I will feel myself wanting if. Goku is the only playable character. Yeah, I agree. Because you lose so many good battles if you're only able to play as Goku. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, and for us, you know, a lot of our favorite characters are those, the the other people. Not Goku. <laughs> yeah, not Goku. You know, Tien, Yamcha, right? You know, Gohan when he's a little kid. I, yeah. you know, I love getting a chance to play him. Even some of the alien characters like Pycon, I, right. I love getting a chance to play as those. Right, and especially if they stick to just Dragon Ball Z, like, are we not going to be able to play as Gotenks? Yeah, right? like that's one of my favorite characters to play as in in the different games. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I think that the the element of brilliance that they could create comes in with the open world element and creating the side quests. Yeah, where if you have a lot of those funny side quests, like how hilarious would it be if there is a side quest? Where you have to team up with Piccolo in order to get your driver's license. It's true. Right? Like, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's one of my favorite filler episodes yeah. of Dragon Ball Z. Like, it would be so great. I think what they need to do with this game is they need to do it the same way they did Xenoverse. Because Xenoverse 2 came out almost four years ago now. And there is still new DLC yeah. being released for that game that keeps yeah. the game relevant. So I think to make this game great... Have the initial release, like where Kakarot or Goku is your only playable character, and then have the DLC introduce new story elements to it where you can play as different characters in different parts of the story. You know, whether it's, you know, Tien and Yamcha during the Saiyan Saga or Vegito on planet Namek, you know, yep. any elements of those stories, that'll, and then they each have their own unique side quests and powers and abilities. That's what will make this game really great and keep it fresh for, like, the next four years. Yeah. And, like, it's it's fine to play as just Goku through the, the Frieza saga. Like, right. I wouldn't mind it. Like, even though there are some really cool, you know, like, like getting a chance to play as, like, some of the other characters. Like, you know, maybe, like, Tien and Yamcha on King Kai's planet. 100%. Or playing as Krillin and Gohan on Namek or even Vegeta on Namek. Yeah. Right? Like, those would all be really cool, but I would be okay even if it was just Goku going through the Frieza saga. But once you hit the Android saga and then the Cell saga, there's just no way that you can do it and have it be a lot of fun without having the other characters coming in, especially yeah. future trunks and all of that. Yeah. Right? Like, like you want to play as those characters. You want to have that element of storyline, especially because Goku's just not there for so much of it. Exactly. Like, he's just gone. Yeah. Right? So it's like like Goku is the Superman character who just shows up and he's deus ex machina. Exactly. Right? Until he gets beat up and then has to go into the, you know, <laughs> the hyperbolic time chamber in order to get more powerful. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so so it's going to be interesting to see um, and see where it goes and, and, uh, and how it plays out. And I'm interested to see how far through Dragon Ball Z that they go like are they going to go all the way through the end of the Boo saga because I think in the will. trailer it only looks like they're going into Frieza they don't show anything after Frieza so I think they're going to go that's, through that's you know kind of like where the question mark is I feel like they're going to go through the Cell saga because the end of the Cell saga has always been kind of like that 
stopping point for the the involvement of Akira Toriyama, where yeah. like you know like he was involved in the Boo Saga, but not nearly as much as he was. Like the Cell Saga, uh, up through the Cell Saga, was everything as he intended it to be, which is why we actually get that kind of swerve almost because at the end of the Cell Saga, you know Goku's dead and Gohan's the new big power, right? And that was always his intent leading up through because like because all of Dragon Ball was all Goku, most of DBZ was Goku. Right. And his intent through the end of the Cell Saga was to get Gohan to be the next main character. And then when he sort of let go of the reins a little bit and other writers took control, that's why Goku becomes the more prevalent character in the Buu Saga. And then, then like, you know, for the rest of all time in Dragon yeah. Ball Z. Yeah, so I bet you they go through, uh, through the Cell Saga. I think that makes the most sense for the initial release of the game. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you know, going from, from, Right after the Frieza saga, when they get back to Earth, where uh, King Cold and Mecha Frieza come so back. So good. Like, going from that point until all the way at the end of the Cell saga, that is literally my favorite, like, length of Dragon Ball Z. 100%. Like, I, I love all of that. I will watch every single episode multiple times. I love the whole storyline. Like, especially if you watch it with the original Japanese music and the original Japanese dialogue, it's really great. It's very intense. You know, there's a lot of drama that's in there, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of violence. And it's, and it's yeah, really, really good. And just, so, for, and just for the record, too, if any of you are Dragon Ball Z fans out there... And you've been and you're and you're new to it, for example, and you've heard about this Dragon Ball Z Kai thing they do. Do not waste your time with Dragon Ball oh, Z yeah. Kai. Yeah. I gave it's it I gave it a shot. Version. Yeah, I gave it a shot because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And it is it, it makes Dragon Ball Z bad. It's pure fucking garbage. Because I know the intent of it was to take out a lot of the filler stuff, but they end up taking out too much. They take away critical elements of the story. And it's just garbage. So don't watch it. That's just yeah. my, my two yeah, cents on that. Watch yeah. the original um, uh, series again. The way to the best way to watch, it, like you said, is with the there's a there's a version out there where you get the original voice casting, but with the the original Japanese music and sound effects and a lot of the blood and the gore. Yep. Like you, you, that's the way you got to watch it. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, it, like take a month, just try it out for a month. The Funimation app, I think it's like six ninety nine a yeah. month. Dirt and, cheap. and I think the first month is free. Mm -hmm. So like a a lot of the the streaming apps so if you ever are interested in it and you just want to power through it i would suggest sign up for it watch all the way through the dragon ball because you can watch it in exactly that way and they have they have every episode of dragon ball going all the way through dragon ball z going all the way through dragon ball gt and all the way through dragon ball super as well um with with either way that you want to watch it if you want to watch it with uh, subtitles or if you want to watch it dubbed whatever your preference is you can watch both exactly um, so I, I would you know if you guys are interested in it or if you ever wanted to take a look at it definitely go and uh, check it out on the funimation app and one of the cool things that the funimation app has done that a lot of other apps um have not done yet is that they make their episodes downloadable now for someone like me who has a long commute into work that is absolutely crucial. Yeah. Right? Where I can download the episodes and then I can watch them on my train ride and it's great. I don't need to have an active uh, um, uh, connection to the internet. Or even if you're going to take a long flight, even yep. better. You can download a whole bunch of episodes and then just watch it on a flight or on a uh, on a long train ride or a long road trip. Agreed. That's the way to go. Yeah. So the, uh, so the next game is, I'm going to put this one in second place. Yeah. Cyberpunk. 
Oh, you're putting this one in second place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Only because I have a soft spot for the first pl- for the Star Wars game. Let's talk about Cyberpunk first, though. Yeah. This game, j- there's nothing else to say about this game other than it looks fucking unreal. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like the graphics right. are incredible. The the voice acting looks incredible. The animation looks incredible. Like. The, the storyline, I'm sure, is going to be phenomenal, and with the added bonus, and I love a good reveal. Dude. I, man, I love a good reveal, and it was so well done. Such a good surprise. How did they keep it so quiet? Yeah, but man. Keanu Reeves is going to be in Cyberpunk 20, or whatever it is, 2077, yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. When he shows up at the end of that trailer, where... Because, like, the trailer is amazing because it just plays through pretty much one quick element of the story where you have what appears to be the main character meeting up with this, like, you know, looks like sort of a shady, let's call him a a drug dealer type guy. And then he, like, has his, like, sort of uh, chip in his head sort of rebooted. And at the end of the trailer, he sort of wakes up in this wasteland looking thing. And there's this guy standing over him. And he's like, come on, get up. And he goes, we have a city to burn. You hear the voice. And as soon as you hear the voice, you're like... Nah, nah, it can't be. Can't be. And then, he, and be. then the character kneels down, and they rendered it exactly like the way Keanu Reeves looked. And you see it, and then you're like, "There's no doubt that's fucking Keanu Reeves. It's Johnny yeah. Utah. It's Neo. It, oh it's my John god, John Wick. Yeah, it's John Wick. Right? John, it's amazing. Yeah, cyberpunk John Wick, which oh. is just awesome. Like, like Keanu Reeves, like, and him coming out at the E3 conference. Like, Keanu Reeves right now, hottest actor because he just did this, right? Like, what a way to get momentum. I guarantee as soon as he did that, his inbox filled. Like, I'm sure it's already, like, always filled with scripts, but even more so now. Yeah. Like, he's going to get all of these big parts. He's going to have all of these opportunities that maybe never came to him before. I mean, there's talk of him being in the Eternals for Marvel now and being, like, which I think is a match made in heaven. I would, to be honest with you... I would love to see a swerve, and I would love to see him be a part of DC instead, I, instead of Marvel. Like I think that would have been that would have been a big pickup for DC to be able to do, uh, and have as, as playing a character rather than having it be you know having him just go to Marvel where the big money is and where. Yeah, but DC's dumb. Yeah, so DC, <laughs> they're DC, never going to capitalize DC, on something like DC, that. What are you doing? Oh man! So let's talk about the last game. Because this one is uh, quite possibly the biggest hype coming out of EC3 because... E3. I'm sorry, what is EC3? What yeah. is EC3? Uh, it's a wrestler, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, is there... yeah, Eric Carter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the E3 convention. <laughs> this one has got, I think, and in my opinion, probably the biggest hype surrounding it. Strictly because, A, the movie of Episode Nine is coming out this year. Yep. But more importantly... The last big Star Wars game to be released kind of pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, there was way too much. There was way too much online buying. There was way too much online element to it. Like, like playing. Like I mentioned before, playing Red Dead Redemption. Right. Yeah. The 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 epilogue for Red Dead Redemption was longer than the entire storyline mode of the last Star Wars game. What? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. The, the the epilogue for Red Dead. Now, Red Dead Redemption, I mean, in my opinion, is one of the greatest video games of all time. Well, yeah. Right? Like, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. And if you're ever a gamer and haven't played it, which I'd be very surprised about, go out and play it because it's just absolutely yeah. a phenomenal game with an incredible storyline. Like, if you play that game, 
and you played all the way through and you don't cry at the end, like, I don't know, like, you're just yep. not a human being. Exactly. Right? So, but like, yeah, Star Wars, um, Fallen Order, Jedi, Star Wars Jedi, Fallen Order. Dude. I mean, it looks really cool. Again, very similar to Cyberpunk. The, the animation looks great. The voice acting looks great. The fight scene and action from the game looks absolutely incredible. The it, it really looks like a very interesting game. And I actually hope that either they make it semi-canon and taking place after Episode Nine, Yeah. Or they make it something where, like... Well, I just I just hope it takes place after Episode Nine. Yeah, or, yeah. Or if they do a time jump in between the episodes, in between, right. you know, Episode Eight and Episode Nine, right. like we are hoping that they do, that this is that in-between Exactly. Moment, right, and that's the storyline you're playing. Yeah, I mean, like, the, just looking at it, the graphics are so unbelievably crisp. They're so smooth. Everything just looks absolutely flawless. And I'll tell you one of my favorite elements of it. When we were watching the trailer uh, the other day, I'm listening to the main actor, uh, the main guy, and his voice sounds so familiar to me. So I just did a quick yep. little search, and it's fucking Cameron Monaghan is playing the main character in the sh in the in the game, and that's so exciting for me personally because I'm a huge fan of Cameron Monaghan. Um, if you you might know him from Shameless, um, he plays Ian in Shameless, one of the younger brothers. But more importantly, more related to our show. He has played um, – well, they never call him the Joker in Gotham. They call him Jerome. Right. But he is – you know, without seeing the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix and hot take on this one, the best Joker put to screen in my opinion. Wow. Even though they never actually wow. call him the Joker, it's very obvious what he's supposed to be. Coming out and saying he's the best Joker. Because you know what he does? He takes he, – he, he's the best Joker in my opinion – for the same reason that Tyler Hoechlin is the best Superman on screen, because he takes all of the all of the best elements of all the other on-screen Jokers, dating even all the way back to fucking Cesar Romero in the Adam yeah. West Batman. Yeah. He takes some of Jack Nicholson, he takes some of Heath Ledger, he's even got some of Mark Hamill, and he puts it all into one, and he's so fucking good. He's so yeah. good. So I'm, that's what's got me really hyped about seeing this Star Wars game. He's, the guy is just a great actor. Yeah. And and there's not a you, you can't say enough about when you get a a, a game that's as story driven as this game appears to be, and you get a quality voice actor to play that part. So I think that's why for me the Star Wars game has got me the most hype. Yeah, and I I, I think it's really exciting, especially watching these trailers and, and seeing the reactions of people coming out of of. Uh, of E3 and, and all of the hype going into these games, I think it's really showing that video games are as big as movies are nowadays. I mean, yeah. you've got to have that level of acting. You've got to have that level of, of voice acting that's, that's there. And you're going to be wearing the same kind of like CGI you know, um, I guess we, I guess you could call it a suit, but it's like the little balls and dots. Yeah, the motion the capture. The motion capture, right? So you're going to have the same motion capture that you are in a movie, right? So I think it's really, like, important that you do have those for a good game. And that's what I'm really excited about for Jedi Fallen Order is that it looks really cool. And you, I like that it builds up. Like, yeah. you don't start as a Jedi. Like, that's the best thing. You're building up. You've got a little bit. You're that... Force attuned, if you will. Yeah. Where you've got a little bit of knowledge of the Force, and then you develop it throughout the game, and then you find a lightsaber, yeah. and you become like an actual. Which, Jedi. like you said, it it's like it's like watching, it's like playing a movie. Like that's where mm -hmm. a lot of games are going to now, 
which like for me is just you know that that to me is like real gaming you know because it takes all of those you know i was never a big rpg guy because yeah, okay. the, like 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 for a, a lot of rpgs that i've watched like you know you and rob like friend of the show rob especially play they've always been very boring to me because they've always been very strategic and they they always a lot of them uh, old ones you know have that classic setup where it's like a chessboard you know you've got your characters on one side and the other guy and it's very and it's, it's, it's very turn-based, turn-based yeah, you know yeah, and sure. that like and, and as engrossing as those stories were the gameplay just always bored the shit out of me but there are so many games now that the arkham series like for me where it took a turn where it took a lot of those elements of like that that gta open world the action of the kind of games like the the old side scroller games that used to love to play plus that rpg story element and roll them all into one yeah like that for me is the ideal game which is why i've never been into the first person shooters they bore the shit out of me i'm only a casual fighter game fan those games that take all those elements of the story and the action the gameplay and put them all into one those are the best games for me and all of these games are like right there yeah and that's that's one of the reasons why i really loved you know red dead redemption and and witcher is because they do just that yeah right where they take the rpg element and it makes it like a really active you know kind of instead of the turn-based it's it's a very active fighting system yep and i think it's much better it's much cooler um and it makes it it feel more real more realistic like you said uh playing an actual movie you're playing through a movie agree which is really cool so excited to see this excited to see how it fits into the storylines especially if it's going to come out next year actually no it comes out in november so i think it comes out a month wait, wait which game Jedi. Yeah, Jedi is November. Yeah. yeah. So it comes out actually a month before Episode 9, which is interesting. So Smart. maybe it does lead into Episode 9. I don't know. So it's, yeah. it's going to be really cool to see. I feel like I, I feel like the most – because you can't tell from the game footage. I feel like the most relevant place to put it, if I were to put it in, in canon anywhere, I would put it in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Because there's yeah. that 30 year gap there, you know, like I would put it there. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, sort of like Force Unleashed did. Right? Yeah. Right? Which was, you know, arguably one of the best Star oh, Wars yeah. games ever created. Both incredible. of them. Force yeah. Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. Both of them were absolutely incredible games, right? And so, you know, um, you know, Battlefront really left something to be desired and it really had some cool elements to it, but it wasn't, it wasn't all the way there. And I think that this is going to really um be that that satisfying you know what everyone is is wanting that satisfying meal or whatever you want to call it right for your palate for star wars is really going to give you that satisfying experience um, yeah you know diving into the entire universe Battle- it looks like there's a little bit of everything flying ships and everything else yeah i agree and, and battlefront and battlefront 2 always left a sour taste in my mouth because yeah they always strike me as nothing more than Star Wars universe's attempt to cash in on the popularity of first-person shooters because they never felt like Star Wars games. They felt like first-person shooters with Stormtroopers. Yeah, and And you can can switch to third-person, which I really liked. I always liked playing it as a third-person. I can't play first-person shooters. Another reason why I don't like them, aside from the fact that they're boring as fuck, the classic first-person shooters, like your Call of Duty and your Halos. I don't know how these people play first-person... you can't see your feet. I can't walk <laughs> in a straight line and aim my gun where all I see are my fucking hands. It's just not natural. I can't see my feet. It doesn't work for me. And that's yeah. why I was always the first – like the, the few times that I tried to play those games in college with yeah. my friends, 
I was always the one that everybody was yelling and throwing Cheetos at because I would constantly <laughs> be respawning because I would die immediately. I couldn't – like the only time I was good is if I could get to a vantage point where I didn't have to move and I could just snipe people, then I would be fine. But I couldn't walk up the fucking stairs. I'd fall off the side of the building because I couldn't <laughs> see my goddamn feet. And then you get so frustrated that you just end up doing the Leroy Jenkins anyway. Dude, 100%. <laughs> like you're just, you're like you're, you're have your whole team and they're strategizing how they're going to do this yeah. raid and then you're just running in there. Leroy I would, I would just start lobbing grenades, calling in airstrikes, and they weren't necessary. People used to hate me playing those games. I was so bad at them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm just terrible at first-person shooters, um, which is one of the reasons why I think Fortnite has done well because they're third-person, and it makes it a little bit more interesting. You see the characters. Yeah, exactly. They're dancing. You can and, dance. Yeah, and you get, like, the guns and everything. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of tonight because Anthony and I went to a oh. – it wasn't exactly a $7 smackdown because the movie wasn't even playing at the Bowtie Cinemas in Aberdeen, which, yeah, right? They're like, oh, no, no thanks. You, you keep this one, Fox. Um, we saw Dark Phoenix. Yeah, and, Dark Phoenix. All right, so let's, we have a lot to talk about about this. We have a lot of feelings about it. So let's just get – they're, they're, let's just get the obvious out of the way, or it right. might not be so obvious to some people. The The bottom line of this movie, and we posted about this on Instagram, is yeah. that within this train wreck of a movie, there is a really great X-Men movie. It's so disappointing. But the man, execution really is. is so bad. So bad that yeah. it just it, 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 it ruined the movie for everybody else. So so go let's let's go into it with that frame of mind where yeah. it could have been great, but it wasn't. And I think that was the most frustrating part for me because I was really going into it hoping to see a Justice League style train wreck. Like I wanted it to be so bad, it was hysterically funny, yep. and it just wasn't. Like there was so much that I really liked. Like I, I remember, like right after like the beginning scene, I looked over at you and I'm like, oh, okay, that was a good start. And like, see, you know, I like, hated the beginning <laughs> scene. Okay, let's talk about this. I was, because, like, I was like, oh, like okay, this is like this could this could be okay. See, let's talk about this because Anthony and I differed on the opening scene. Because the opening the opening scene was. Jean Grey as a child, she's in the car with her family, and like you know, the dad's yelling about something, and like she wants to change the radio, and she and the dad says no, so she ends up changing the radio with her telekinesis powers. Then eventually, inadvertently by accident, puts her mom to sleep with her telepathy, they get into a car accident, and it's a whole thing. And then Professor X comes and finds her, and like it's not that the scene was bad. What annoyed me about it was that that very specific scene is becoming a really overused and annoying trope particularly in superhero movies like they yeah. did it in shazam you know yeah, sure the did. young person sure the, the family someone's mad there's a car accident and that kicks off the story they've done it so many times and i'm sick of seeing it i'm now, fucking sick of it no they 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 did a similar story if, I, if my memory serves me correctly with the original x-men trilogy with last stand yeah it was the right? exactly it was like an exact rehash so just in a different element so that's what i liked about it right because you know watching last stand right you know you you go through the original trilogy and then you have the days of future past which a lot of people didn't like that movie. I was a huge fan. Um, Wait, of The Last Stand or Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past. Who didn't like Days of Future Past? Oh, there's a lot of people who didn't like what, it. Those they, people are stupid. Yeah, I really liked it. Great. Especially especially like 
I, I could see not enjoying it if you haven't seen the Rogue Cut. Like the Rogue Cut makes oh, it better, way yeah. better. It's a way better storyline. It's it's it just it's like it's so weird because it's like maybe five to ten minutes of extra footage, and yeah. it just makes the entire story. And it, well, way it changes better. the whole story. Yeah, too. it changes yeah. everything. Well, actually, you know what? So before we get into the full Dark Phoenix review, I did want to talk about Days of Future Past also because we read some really great articles about kind of where it all went wrong with the X-Men franchise. Because, right. you know, let's not forget, the X-Men movies and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy are more or less responsible for the current superhero renaissance that we are uh, basking in right now. Yeah, 100%. But here's the problem with X-Men. Here's what happened. And I'd always read rumors about this, and it's been more or less come out and confirmed now. So... After The Last Stand, you know, Fox wanted to, to reboot the series a little bit. And they brought on Matthew Vaughn, who directed First Class. And Matthew Vaughn had this plan that was going to span, I think, five or six X-Men movies. And when you read a whole plan, start to finish, Apocalypse was not part of that plan. No. And it was a really brilliant plan. Yeah. Dark Phoenix was supposed to be – or Phoenix was supposed to be two movies. And Days of Future Past was supposed to happen much later in the movie series than it did. But – what happened was Days of Future Past ended up being the best and worst thing for the franchise because it was a phenomenal movie. I loved it. But Matthew Vaughn left. He was supposed to direct that movie. He left before they even started production on it because Fox was forcing him to make that movie when he didn't want to. He wanted right. to make that movie later, right. but Fox loved the idea behind it so much that they pushed it up in the schedule, and he left over that because if you, if you go back and watch Days of Future Past – as good as it is, it really does not watch like a direct sequel to First Class at all. No. There's clearly more time that has supposed to be an elapsed between those two movies. And that's where the franchise goes off the rails because yeah. then after Days of Future Past with the reset timeline, then going back to Apocalypse makes no sense. Makes no. no sense. And Apocalypse was unforgivable in so many ways. But yeah. that movie well, is what really fucked everything up for the franchise. Yeah, it really did. I mean – and like – like, do they just completely forget that Jean Grey harnessed the Phoenix power in Apocalypse? That's yep. how she beat Apocalypse. Yep, like, totally. It was literally the climax of the movie. Like, how do we forget that she has the Phoenix power? Like, that was such a big part of Apocalypse, Well, right? you know why? You know why? So back to the, the studio fucking it up. Apocalypse was not supposed to happen in Matthew right. Vaughn's idea. The problem is... They made Apocalypse. They brought on Brian. They brought Brian Singer back because of the success of right. Days of Future Past. Right. But the problem was the Dark Phoenix movie that we got was Matthew Vaughn's planned two Phoenix movies crammed into one. Right. But because Apocalypse was never supposed to happen, Brian Singer's idea did not match up with Matthew Vaughn's idea, which is why we got that bizarre showing of the Phoenix at the end of Apocalypse, which makes no sense in the context of Dark Phoenix because Apocalypse, the movie, was never supposed to happen. But they, I mean, they hint at it throughout the entire movie of Apocalypse. Well, exactly. Like, yeah, they're like building up the Phoenix Force in Jean Grey as if she is the Phoenix, yeah. very similar to the way that they did it in X-Men 3, right. in, in Last Stand. But that was the problem with it. They took they took Matthew Vaughn's original idea for the Phoenix movies, which didn't include Apocalypse, and just made it 
even with the Phoenix making the appearance in Apocalypse. That's why it didn't match. They're, they're right. taking things from two different creative ideas and jamming them together. That's why it was so fucked up. Because yeah. Brian Singer didn't know what Matthew Vaughn's plan was, and neither did Simon Kinberg, who who did, who, who uh, wrote and direct at uh, X. Or, I'm sorry, Dark Phoenix. So it just the storylines just go all over the fucking place because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and so like. So the the continuity falls off. the The way that the characters look falls off. A lot of the acting is very flat, right? Like you just don't really care about a lot of the characters. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence phoned it the fuck in. Yeah, she was obviously not. And like you could tell that they probably did like probably one eighth of the amount of makeup on her as they have in previous movies, which was like her biggest complaint, right? So like I appreciate that. See, you know what though? See, I actually like that. Because the way I read that is, you know, yes, it's very well known that she didn't like the makeup. The way I interpreted the change in makeup over the movies is just the fact that Mystique, Mystique's power, you know, sort of uncharted territory. We don't know a lot about it. So it stands to reason that as she gets older, her physical appearance just changes. Yeah, like, maybe so, she adapts. Right, exactly. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. I know it was strictly because she didn't want to deal with the makeup, which I get. But I read it as like, you know, she's just evolving like all mutants right. do. And in the comic books, she doesn't have any of the scales or anything yeah, like no. that. She's never naked during yeah. the whole thing. She always yeah. has like an outfit yeah. on. She's just blue. And she, yeah, and she's just blue with yeah. the little like thing in her head, the skull in her exactly. forehead. Yeah. You know? So Which I, I never understood. No, I, I never. <laughs> it got just that. looks cool. Yeah, it was, just, it was you know just cool, element, <laughs> right? But yeah, so so let's talk about Dark Phoenix now, and let's let's really go into this. Should we talk about the things we didn't like first, or the things that we liked? The things that we liked first. Okay, yeah. Because there's a lot to like in this there, movie. There is a lot to like, and now coming off the back of Apocalypse, right? So we're now in a universe that's very different from a typical X-Men universe. And this is something that I actually really liked because we're actually getting an opportunity to see what the X-Men would be like if they weren't feared and hated. You know, now here's a superhero team very much like the Avengers and that's the way that they're treated, right? Where they're like the Avengers, there's a bat phone from the fucking president who can call Professor Xavier directly, right? And this is this is a image of what Professor Xavier would be like and what the X-Men would be like if they didn't have to go through that persecution of being feared and hated, but on the opposite end of the spectrum where they're overly loved, where they're treated like celebrities, they're treated like heroes, right? Where where there's action figures of them, right? And I thought that that was really, really cool. Yeah. Right? I agree. And it was definitely an original take, and it was something that we've never seen before. And I think that it made Days of Future Past more more important because it changed the timeline you know and then you see the definite split and it's because of the events of days of future past that that created this storyline where now it's very different from where it was before you know i see a lot of people complaining like oh look at magneto this is magneto in 1992 and this is him in 2000 where he has gray hair but the, the it's, it's a different timeline and it's different timeline it's a different reality and it's a different character arguably when we see Magneto in Days of Future Past, when they have to break him out of that prison 
like you don't know how long he stayed in that prison. Right. Right. So like it could have been that he was in that prison for years and years and years. And that's what gave him the stress and the gray hair. Yeah. And that's what really what did it to him. So he was different before this happened. Whereas you see him now and he's just, he, you know, especially in apocalypse, he was living for years in a very common life. He had a kid, you know, he was married. Right. So it was very different than, than what happened in the original trilogy. And I loved one of my Magneto. So Magneto was terrible in Apocalypse, and it wasn't Fastbender's fault. It was just a poorly written character. But I absolutely loved what they did with him in Phoenix. Oh yeah, I loved the little Easter egg callback to Asteroid M, where he had yep. his, you know, his island, and he was like his own sort of neutral uh, territory, sovereign territory, and it was very much a little hint at Asteroid M, but obviously on Earth where he's got his commune of mutants and he's living a very peaceful life. And then he goes off the, like Magneto was my favorite part of Dark Phoenix by far. Like, like it, it, it went back to how well they did him in first class and days of future past because he was shit in apocalypse and it brought him back to the character that like was building up since the first class movie. Right. And for those of you who are not fully familiar with the X-Men storyline, asteroid M is essentially an asteroid where, Oh really? It's an asteroid. Well, so, okay. <laughs> So essentially what happened was because Magneto got so fed up with being persecuted by humans, he decided to take as many mutants as he could and essentially create this commune in outer space on this asteroid that revolved around Earth, right? And he tried to create this paradise, right? And it was called Asteroid M. And then in the storyline, Asteroid M crashes down uh, into Earth yep. and becomes Utopia, right? Right, which is that island that we're we're kind of alluding to here, and that's really what Magneto is creating is is quote unquote Utopia. Now, you know, obviously it was very slummy, which I really liked. You know, it was really just kind of thrown together, and they have a lot of shipping containers. Wait, I, mean, I was I was gonna say, did, did you catch how everything was made of metal? Yeah, which was like very much like original Asteroid M, where there's that big plot point where his power, like he's constantly using his power to literally hold Asteroid M together in yeah. space. Like that was such a cool element to me. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought it was awesome, and he's the reason that everybody is there, and he gathers this group of mutants together, and they're living together in this commune outside of society. Yep. Right. And I really like that. That's fine. You know, you, you like, I really, really enjoyed that. Fassbender was incredible shape. He looked really awesome. I wish they would have given him a Magneto outfit. They gave him the helmet, but they didn't have his costume. Like, yeah. that's just me being a fanboy, but like, you know, like I, I wish they would have, but they didn't. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like the first big miss for me. Like, you know, so to your point about the superhero thing as cool, I love the fact that they had the X-Men be superheroes, but I, I think it was a miss at like the, the, the very opening scene. They should have just like cheesed that scene the fuck up. I agree. Like with make you. it like Joel Schumacher when they when he's showing Batman oh, putting yeah. on the costume. Yeah, just cheese it the fuck up where they're they're zipping up their suits, you know, yep. they're putting he's putting on his visor and they're just getting into the like just make it cheesy as fuck to really just go over the top with how superhero y they've become. Like that would have been so cool. And like that was the one thing, you know, as awesome as that final fight scene on the train was. It would have been that much more awesome if they were all wearing costumes. Yeah. But, you know, they're all in their street clothes. Yeah, yeah, they're all in their street clothes, and it just didn't make it. It was just a lot less impactful, and it just – But, you know – It was great how, I mean, the, the, how super murdery it got at the end. It got like, super violent. Like, it was awesome, and yeah. not just Magneto. Everybody, like, like, Nightcrawler is stabbing people left and right. Beast is, like – 
tearing people's insides out with his claws, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, and I really liked the fact that they they the way that they had the Phoenix Force where she would just explode people, almost like a Thanos dust moment. Yeah. Where, like she did in Last Stand, Jean Grey did that same thing yeah. in Dark Phoenix where she would literally just explode people. Yeah, that's and how make powerful them, she is. Yeah, that's how powerful she is, right? And that was something that they did, you know, earlier on, and it was great. What I didn't like was the fact that they left out the, the Hellfire Club, right? I thought it would have been yeah. a great final, like, you come full circle in first class, you fight the Hellfire Club. In the final movie, you fight the Hellfire Club, right? Like, it would have come full circle. It would have been great, but no. They brought in the Dabari, which, who? Yeah. Who? Like, yeah. not the Shi'ar, you know, <laughs> not any of the alien cl- Like, the Dabari? Like, who are these people? Yeah. That, like, and they didn't even look like... They were shape-shifting aliens. They looked like they were kind of like scrolls, but they didn't look like scrolls. They looked like greys. Like if you're familiar with alien mythology or lore, like yeah. they looked like just giant gray aliens. Like they didn't. They they were so. And then they shape-shifted into humans. They didn't even fight as the gray aliens. They fought as humans. Yeah. And and this is where the movie really starts yeah. to lose it because yeah. so so obviously that's all we liked about yeah. the movie. So. Well, I mean there there was more too. So so, yeah. so let's talk about yeah. So let's, let's keep talking about what we liked. See here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I what I liked most about it is also what I hated the most because it was just so many missed opportunities. So so what this movie does is that it it turns the Dark Phoenix saga, the classic saga, and switches it a little bit. Because what a lot of people seem to forget when talking about Dark Phoenix is that before there was Dark Phoenix, there was just Phoenix. And yes. she was good, right? Yes. And so this movie, it, it starts with Dark Phoenix, but it ends with her turning into good Phoenix and saving the day. Which kind I, of. I will kind of, yeah. right? But I absolutely love the fact that they did that because they've never explored that in the, in, the, in the last stand. She was always purely evil, but it was also so good and so bad. And here's why it was good and bad. It was good because they did it. Like it was a different way to end the story and it, was, and it, and it, it landed really well. But it was bad because by, by taking the Dabari, which just should have been the Shi'ar, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The Dabari become the established villains of the movie because they try to manipulate the Phoenix for their own ends, which is exactly what like the evil faction of the Shi'ar or the Hellfire Club, either one of them could have accomplished that goal. So aside from the fact that they didn't give us the characters we want, what they really fucked up was they made when, – when she becomes the Phoenix and she starts to lose her mind, they blame her – evilness on the fact that her father abandoned her and that Charles lied to her and very ever so slightly the fact that the Bari are manipulating her. So now I'm sorry, like I know what they were trying to go with here. I know they were trying to give you some kind of character motivation, but the fact that they explain that the Phoenix is a cosmic force of just immeasurable power that goes through the universe either bringing life or destroying life that's all you need to explain why she goes crazy you don't need to have they spent so much time on my father abandoned me professor x lied to me and that's why i'm crazy blah 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 no you're a human being that's being possessed by a cosmic fucking entity and we've explained it as such yeah. That's the only reason you need to go crazy. Yeah. So they wasted 
all of this time on this fucking childhood abandonment issue where if they had spent that time on showing the Dabari taking the place of the Hellfire Club and right. manipulating them, manipulating Phoenix for their own end, that would have been an incredible movie. But no, instead we got, oh, uh, my father, I have daddy issues. I have yeah. superpower daddy issues. Like, fuck me. And there were so many characters of the Hellfire Club that they did not do in the first movie. They really only did Sebastian Shaw and they only did White Queen, right? And then they had Azazel and they had, you know, all these other characters that weren't in the comic books as the Hellfire Club. Right. Where they could have brought them in and made them a part of the Hellfire Club and it would have been really, really cool. Like having Mastermind, right? Yeah. Where now you have this person who's putting these images into her mind, right? And, um... Uh, and is creating these realities, and she doesn't really know what's going on and what's real and what's not. Yeah. And she gets into this whole other personality because of that, because she's so obsessed with sen like sensations and right. sensuality. Exactly. Right? And that would have worked. They touch on it so slightly, but they just don't. And then do just it forget about it. And then just forget so, about it. And, then, and what a great way that would have been to connect back to First Class, yeah, which is arguably one of the best X-Men movies. Yeah. Just have – forget the Dabari, forget the Shi'ar. Just have it be like a resurgence of the Hellfire Club. Yeah. The Hellfire Club never went away. It, was, it, it goes a lot deeper than just Sebastian Saw. Bring them back. It would have yeah. been so cool. Yeah, you have Mastermind who's the Black King. Yeah. You can have Celine who was in this movie. She was the 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 – like assistant for or whatever the minion oh. for Magneto yeah. who did nothing yeah. but hold a knife sideways that's literally all she did yeah. and it was not her character in the the comics at all yeah. but and you have her as the well, the other queen and right? that scene pissed me off too where she's mind controlling Nightcrawler do you honestly expect me to believe and then I'm going to get fanboy here for a second her only power is controlling minds do you honestly expect me to believe that Professor X was sitting there during that fight the entire time and struggled to break her mind control hold on Nightcrawler. He could have shut her brain off in the blink of an eye. He's the most powerful telepath in the entire world. This bitch can only control minds. Do you mean to tell me that Professor X could not have lobotomized her in .2 seconds? Fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. No. Fanboy rage moment. Yeah, I'm sorry, but god damn it. We're not fanboys, no. No, I mean, yeah. No, there was a lot of fanboy rage. And the problem was because there is a lot about this movie to like. And that was the frustrating part, right? Because... I mean, even the scene where they're they're having a party, right? And they're having like that kind of teenage in the woods party, and you get that cameo with Dazzler. Oh, and it was that was so awesome. good! I mean, it was so good. It was so well done. It was just, it was so great, and it really reminded me, like. For those of you who are not familiar, Dazzler is like the ultimate 80s character. Yeah. Like she's just an, she's a female like almost 80s rock star and her power is like light show. She, like, yeah, she, I know she, she can, can she can channel it and create laser She beams, transmutes like, sound into light. Yeah, that's, that's okay. her official power. Yeah, okay. She transmutes Wow, it's very good. Yeah, right, look that up in the Marvel Wiki, baby. That's nice. right. Yeah, good <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's—I mean, she's awesome, and she's just such a quintessential '80s character. And I'm really glad that they had a cameo with her because she was a big part of. Great. She was a big part of the, the Dark Phoenix storyline, and both in the cartoon show, yeah. as well as in the comic books, yeah. which was really cool. And I'm glad they at least had a cameo. I would have liked to see her flirt with Scott a little bit. But she didn't really, and, and so, okay, it left something to be desired. But at least we got her cameo and we got her in the movie. Can I tell you one of my favorite parts of the movie, though? Sure. Cyclops. I 
and I said I said this about Apocalypse, as bad as Apocalypse was, the one thing I will always give Apocalypse credit for is that it got the younger, new class of X-Men right. I really liked the way that Ty Sheridan plays Cyclops. And I like the way that they used his powers and his abilities and his sort of like young, budding leadership skills in this movie. I thought it was really good. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I mean... I, Constant, I like, 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 resting duck face aside. His resting duck face. He was a whiny bitch. Well, the he whole just time. has big lips. Like, oh, I can't, you know, like, what do you oh, want me to do? No, no, he no. was a, he was a whiny that little is bitch. Not the way that Cyclops is supposed to be. No, he was a whiny little bitch for the first third of the movie. But from the moment they go to stop Magneto and Beast from killing Jean Grey, from that scene on, he becomes like the Cyclops that we all know and like. He like takes up that leadership mantle really, like, really quick. And it uses his powers correctly. Like, that was one thing that always irritated me about yeah. the the original Cyclops and the Brian Singer trilogy. He always just kind of stood there and shot his optic blast. Yeah. This Cyclops we got, we saw someone who was like a tactician almost. Like With he was like like blast. yeah, like yeah. using his skills appropriately. And it really made me excited. I I like the way that Ty Sheridan plays Cyclops. Like I was I was yeah. very happy about that. So and I like the way that there's a dramatic there's a dramatic cutoff, right? Where they they have this relationship with the humans and with the president and then all of a sudden, you know, the shit hits the fan and there's murders, there's attacks by yep. mutants on humans. And then all of a sudden that friendly relationship immediately shuts off. Right. So it's very, very interesting to see. And um, and that's yeah. another thing, too, where the the whole Matthew Vaughn original trilogy or not trilogy, there's more than a trilogy when that whole comes into play, because if you noticed the armbands of those guys um, that capture them at the end, it says MCU. Which, yeah. if you watched Wolverine and the X-Men, was the mutant containment unit. Right. Which begs the question, you know, if this was two movies, why in a world where we love and adore the X-Men, why does the government even have a mutant containment unit? So that's one of those things. It was like the tiniest little Easter egg. But if we had gotten the original plan for this movie where Phoenix was two movies, we could have really explored that. Because you even asked the question. When we walked out of the movie theater, you were like, yeah. where the fuck was that train going? Yeah, like, where was it going? Some sort of secret mutant containment? This is like, like that That whole, you know, again, like the, the, the biggest issue. So here's the problem. The, the bottom line with this movie is that it's not a bad movie. It's just it could have been an incredible movie. Yeah, it really could have been. Like good. they missed so many opportunities to make this movie truly spectacular, and 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 that's why it ends up being bad. Yeah, and it was it was too good. It was too bad to be good, and it was too good to be good because it was so bad. Exactly. Like, Justice League was hysterical and a great movie because it was so bad. Right, like very similar to like trauma films. Yeah. Right, where it was so terrible that it's like hysterical to watch right like it's so bad it's great but this like there are elements of goodness in it and so like like every time you feel like you're getting into the story like they something dumb happens and it just takes you out and very similar to the way that um uh very similar to the way that game of thrones was it yeah. was just very it was too rushed yeah there, rushed. Was, there was too much story that was crammed into one movie and uh, like under two hours and it was just it was just not enough. Yeah. Like they told they tried to tell too much story in too little time and it just didn't work. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um 
All right, so we're going to get into our... So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Dark Phoenix, uh, hard pass, hard pass. Like, <laughs> Wait which, for HBO. <laughs> which I think, uh, yeah, I think everyone already knew that because I think when we went to see it, there was like six people in the theater. That's being generous. Yeah, that's yeah, it's being very generous. So let's get into our, uh, our favorite segment uh, of the week. We're going to talk to you a little, a little bit about a new movie trailer coming out in our new favorite segment called Will It Suck? Okay, so I don't know if we really can call this a new segment because we've been doing it a bunch. But anyway, neither okay, nor fair point. <laughs> <laughs> during during this whatever, week, I had a couple bourbons. <laughs> Will it sucks? Oh, speaking of which, need a little refresher, a little top off there. Yeah. So before we get into this, there was a trailer that just came out. Actually, I think it was today. It just came out. Yeah, I think it just um, dropped today. Called Doctor Sleep, and Doctor Sleep stars Ewan McGregor, and it is a sequel to The Shining, right? Um, now, <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Um, so apparently, now I didn't know, but apparently, apparently, um, this was a book and it was a New York Times bestseller, which, okay, fine, good, good for Stephen King, great, uh, New York Times bestseller. Um, but the movie takes place in a future where little Danny is now all grown up and he is. Uh, essentially, uh, like a forty-year-old man played by Ewan McGregor, and he has superpowers. He's got magic that he always—I never called it magic. I always called it the shining. Oh, and that God. was the first groan, yeah, first <laughs> oh, groan moment of the trailer. I was that, just like, "Oh God, cringe, so cringe." And he, he doesn't even, he's not even like explicit about it. He goes, I've only known like two or three people. Like, no, you knew one other person that had the shining. You knew one other guy and he died instantly when he had it. And right? it, and, like, and, and is he living in an attic? Like it looks like he's living in an attic. Yeah. Why like, is he living in an attic? I, I don't understand. Like, like, is, like, why does he have a chalkboard? Is he a teacher? Why? Like it's a chalk wall. The whole yeah, wall, the whole wall, wall is chalkboard. Is, chalk... is he a hipster? Like yeah. I just, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get the, it. So here's my big issue with this movie. So I haven't, I never actually read the additional material to no, The Shining, right? And to be honest, it's been a very long time since I've even seen the movie. But there's one thing I can remember about the movie is that it was made with a certain sense of finality to it. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it a word. Where, like, you don't need... Closure. You don't need... Yeah, closure. 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 You don't need, it, it's like we were talking about the other day, where I think we talked about this in the episode, where, where they're making... Uh, a sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where it's yep. his son, just like they did with the Chevy Chase vacation movie, yeah. and it's Rusty, it's his son. Why is this becoming a thing? Why is yeah. it his son? Why it's Why do we need this audiences. movie? They want established audiences. From 1978? Like, yeah. what the fuck, man? Yeah, people are going to go and see it just because it's a sequel to The Shining. Now, I guarantee yeah. you this movie bombs. No, let me, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the things that we did like before we, you know, completely rip this movie apart. <laughs> the trailer, the trailer, it looks like a, a decent horror movie but that's the thing it looks decent yeah now the shining was a very original movie right directed by stanley kubrick right who's an incredible director directed the moon landing right (laughs) just kidding put on your tinfoil hat people just kidding um 
But no, and of course they have a lot of callbacks to the original movie and they have a lot of footage from the original movie. So they want to give you that nostalgia feel, right? And that's really all that this thing feels like. But it looks like a semi-decent, like if, if this was just a horror movie and it wasn't The Shining, I would be like, okay, that actually looks kind of decent. This is not high concept horror. This is just a sequel. This is ham-fisted and it's going to be like they're overdoing the magic yeah. like, with elements that were like never in the first movie that had nothing to do. Like the whole first movie was was a, a, a sort of like um, sort of a take on psychosis. Right. right. Because they're trapped in this hotel for months by themselves with like no contact from the outside world. This is before the internet, before social media. They literally have no contact with the outside world, so they're trapped in this hotel. So it was really kind of like like a, a, a psychological analysis on psychosis and like how that can happen. Yeah. You know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, right? And they have all these throwbacks, and it just seems so ham-fisted. And that's one of the, and that's one of the things that 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 makes me think this movie is gonna suck because one of the thing, one of the key things, like you just said, that made the first movie so great was because it was there was literally three main actors. It was Jack Nicholson, the father, the wife, and the kid, right? Yeah. Was and it, like, was it Talia Shire? No, no, ta no, no. no the, I think uh, it was Talia Shire. No, it was the other one. It was. Um, no, you're right. It wasn't Talia it was, Shire. Uh, the one that looks like her. Yeah. It kind of looks like Talia Shire fused with Margot Kidder, but yeah, it's not her. It's a different actress. Exactly. She's um. She's, look, look, uh, look, look it up. I want to know now. I forget yeah, her name. Yeah, because she's, um, she's in the Popeye movie. Yeah. Actually so like so so one of the things that made you know one of the many things that made the original Shining movie so great was because like you say it was this this take on psychosis it was very self-contained where they're essentially by themselves in this giant hotel this mansion looking thing you know in the dead of winter everything is very creepy and scary the one thing that stood out to me about this trailer was that there appears to be a lot of additional characters in the movie and i i i get the feeling like the the biggest thing that i took away from the trailer was that it it reads to me like almost kind of like a ring movie where you know like the where the the shining is like the way the ring was where like people watch the tape and then it affects them and it becomes this broad thing like if they take this movie and they make the quote shining this mystical magical evil thing that infects lots of different people it's gonna be really oh my god i just remember what her name was shelly duvall shelly duvall i yeah. can't remember yeah, i can't Robert believe duvall's i forgot daughter. that yeah i know i did too i had I such can't a great believe it was I'm one of those like like kick in the butt moments right I can't yeah. believe that, right? Yeah. But but I'm, I'm right Shelly though. Duvall. It looks yeah. like a fusion of, of Margot Kidder, Margot yeah, Kidder right? And, and, and yeah, Talia it really yeah. does, right? Yeah, I'm I'm right about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but but yeah, so so that's the thing that really stood out to me. Like there are too many just people in this movie. Like it yeah. just it, 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 it it's not and, gonna and be again, good. It seems like too much of like a superhero movie. Like yeah, like there seems to be like this team of bad guys, and he finds like a little girl who also has The Shining. Yeah, right, and like. And it just seems like a superhero team-up movie, and it's just weird. And <laughs> superhero team-up? It really does. It looks like, you know, here's like the old like you, you and McGregor and that young girl, they team yeah. up to fight the two little girls. Well, like, they fight the, the team of, like, bad guys that they have. Oh, it looks so, like a superhero movie. It's like, it doesn't... It's yeah, not, it looks really bad. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like, no. it, I love you and McGregor. The Shining is obviously one of those untouchable movies. Um, It... 
It looks really bad. I'm yeah, sorry, it's guys. Just not, <laughs> I'm not really uh, not excited yeah. for it. And, e- and even if, even if I'm calling it right now, even if this movie somehow manages to pull out a lot of critical praise, I guarantee you it bombs the box office. I 100% guarantee yeah. you this movie fucking tanks at the box office because it reeks of of desperation. Well, des- desperation and nostalgia, be right because they have so many like throwbacks to the original right and like we've had too many of that nostalgia bait already with yeah. ready player one and all of these sequels all of these movies the yeah. new terminator the new rambo all of these movies that have happened it's literally nothing but nostalgia bait and and like it's not it's not good it's exactly. not good and and i really wish they wouldn't be doing it but you know i mean yeah. i guess it's interesting it's a hollywood, hollywood. all right hey listen yeah. Before we end the show, I have a special. So that's announcement. a definite. Will it suck? Yeah. Oh, 100 suck. Before we end this show, I have a special announcement to make. If you don't follow us on Instagram, a you should. You should. More importantly, we have swag. We have stickers oh, now. Oh man, we have if stickers. you want a first edition collector's edition, collector's edition, ready set review sticker. Just DM us because we don't have like a website for you to go buy them. They're fucking free. We're not going to yeah. charge you for them. Yeah, Just man. take a sticker, plaster the walls of your local dive bar with Ready, Set, Review stickers. Yeah. Let everybody know that you listen to Ready, Set, Review. Just like friend of the show, Dan Tucker does. I'm sending you some stickers, Dan. Don't think I forgot about you. I haven't bought stamps yet. Don't worry. They're coming. They're in the mail very soon. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, you know, And you're going to get a chance to see them. I'm sure they're going to be plastered around the places that we go. Asbury Park, yeah. New York City. Just look at Asbury. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be all over the place. So you know, get a chance. You know, Spread the word. Let everybody know that you listen to the show. Um, you know, We've been trying to evangelize and, and talk about the podcast because obviously we're very passionate about this. And you know, we want this to be able to keep going for, uh, for years and years, right? Because this is something that we love to do. Until global warming kills us all. Oh, oh tinfoil hat. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, you know, actually, on that note, hey, for the first time in the history of the United States, last month, the United States produced more energy via renewable energy than via anything else. And on that note, <laughs> wait, make we're not sure going to do winner of the week? Ma- no, because we haven't researched it yet. Well, so whatever, pull it up. What's coming out this week? Nothing's coming know. out. Is anything good coming out? I don't think so. All right, we're going to skip that. Yeah, we're going to skip the week this week. <laughs> Who's going to win the week? Who knows? Yeah, we'll find out next week. <laughs> find out next week. Go subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. And as always... Hey, wait. What is our uh, Instagram title? What's our handle? Oh, I, I removed the, the underscores. Oh, you did? Good, yes. good. So it's, it's just, just ready, ready, set, set review. review. It'll be ready, much easier to find. Yeah. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, ready, uh, at ready, set, review. <laughs> follow us on Spotify. Follow us on SoundCloud. Um, yeah. Stay tuned, true reviewers.